What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. To all of our Becoming Your Best listeners and those that are getting ready to just crush it this year and into the new decade, it's always nice to have some really great tools to help lead you through that. And the Becoming Your Best Planner is ready to go. If you don't have one already, it'll help lead you through with your vision, setting clearly actionable goals in the different areas of your life, which will help bring balance, and then a process that helps you stay focused day in and day out on the things that matter most while still bringing balance and vitality. So if you don't have one yet, uh, you can just go to store.becomingyourbest.com. That's store.becomingyourbest.com. And to get 25% off on your planner, just put in the promo code 20 planner and lower cases 25. So that's the number 20 planner and lower cases and the number 25. And here is to a fabulous new year. This is your host, Rob Schallenberger, joined here today by a good friend, Lance Allred, who's just making ripples throughout the world and doing some incredible things. So him and I talked about doing this podcast together a couple months ago, and we're finally making that a reality. And this will be a treat to have him on because really, he's got an amazing background story and he's just doing great things throughout the world. And and we're going to hear some of those today. So first of all, welcome, Lance. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we were able to finally get the timing at all. So I'm happy to be here. Yeah, well, you know, he has such a unique background. He was the first legally deaf player to play in the NBA. He did that for several years. Now he's speaking around the world as an inspirational speaker, corporate consultant and trainer. Just he's doing a lot of cool things. And before we get into all of that, you know, one thing that's always helpful (laughs) for me and, and the listeners is to get a little background and perspective. So Lance, if you don't mind just sharing a little bit of your background and how you got to where you are today so that, you know, we can get a little more personal feel for who you are. Hey, well, how much time do I have, Rob? <laughs> um, Give us the semi-nutshell version. <laughs> so yeah, the reason why I have hearing loss, 80% hearing loss, uh, I was born and raised in uh, my grandfather's polygamous commune, a Mormon fundamentalist extreme sect in rural Montana, And there were no concerns or thoughts of something called the RH factor. My mother was a negative. I was a positive blood type. And so her body was killing me off. So when I was born, I was nearly dead. So I'm very lucky to be alive with the hearing loss that was a result of that medical condition. There were no amenities in rural Montana in that place where I grew up to learn sign language. So I had to learn to uh, read lips and uh, wear hearing aids and through trial and error, being a speech therapy till I was 16 to learn to speak this way. And so there's that extreme upbringing that gives one a lot of perspective as you navigate the world. You see, you see a lot of people, you know, in shock and awe about polygamous groups. And they say, wow, what was it like growing up in a cult? And, you know, like, yeah, it's, you have you have perspective, but then you're able to see how you see cult behavior everywhere you go. You don't have to be in a tiny religious sect, but to me, cult mentality is 
seeing and hearing only the things you want to see and hear. And by that definition, a cult could be uh, professional sports teams and their fan base. It could be a political ideology. It could be a lot of things. So I had that as a background giving me perspective. And when my family broke away and we went into hiding, my father blew the whistle on child abuse and money laundering. When I was 13, we had to go into hiding for about six months. Seeing lots of the human psychology uh, hiding behind the mask of religion, learning that for many people, not for everyone, I don't want to sound like a condescending uh, brainiac or anything, but I learned very on that religion for many people is mostly psychological, that it has nothing to do with spirituality. It's more psychological and wanting to belong to a community or support, which is completely understandable, and how that need to belong was stronger than people wanting truth. And so how my, seeing how my father was disowned by his family and friends and all of my cousins being pretty much being excised out of my life at a, such a very young age, it's just with those experiences and my hearing loss, watching human beings, watching their body language, as the body will always tell you more than words. The words can lie. The body never lies. And being able to use those experiences for, again, background, give me a different lens on things. But as a way to adjust to my new life when we left polygamy, eighth grade, I, I grew from 5'10 to 6'4 and uh, got a late start to basketball. It would, I was tough. I grew that much. So it was very difficult for me to get my body uh, coordination. My gross motor skills were atrocious. My inner ear imbalance was bad with my hearing. And I couldn't play basketball with my hearing aids in due to the sweat and concussion issues, having been hit in the ear a few times. Uh, it just wasn't safe. And so I had to learn to play it in a different way. Again, reading body language, keeping my head on the swivel, developing peripheral vision, stuff that you would know about as a pilot too, uh, the peripheral vision skills you have to develop. It just allowed me to see the game differently, but again, a late bloomer. And so through lots of ups and downs, learning to use that quote-unquote disability allowed me to see the game in a very different way. And through lots of setbacks and heartbreak and disappointment, I actually finally made the NBA when I was uh, uh, 27. And as you know, Rob, being a sports fan and all that, the average age of an NBA rookie is 20. And so I get to talk a lot about perseverance and grit, how so many courses or podcasts or influences are out there trying to sell people on shortcuts that, hey, you can shortcut your way to success and have all your dreams come true, where I'm actually out there as a speaker kind of grounding people in some reality, but also with some hope and inspiration that, yeah, you can achieve many things, but it doesn't come any quick or easy. And there's principles of perseverance that I share with people that are kind of the backbone of what my message is all about. And so I retired from basketball five years ago. When I was 34, I was going through a divorce. I didn't want to be away from my son. He was 15 months old at the time. And so unsure what I was going to do, I wasn't planning on transitioning into speaking. But since my call up to the NBA, um, I had lots of schools and people reaching out to come asking me to come speak to their kids. And so there I was, 34, with no real prospects in sight as far as career outside of basketball. And I didn't want to be a coach because that would just take me away from my son even more. I figured, hey, let's give this speaking thing a shot. And it was a train wreck at first, but little by little, um, we figured it out. And uh, now five years in, uh, I love what I do. It's a great job. 
Yeah, well, that's a fabulous background, Lance. And, you know, it's interesting that you talk about perspective. Each of us have a lens through which we look, right? Our, our life yes. and outlook on things is shaped by our perspective, which in many cases is a result of the experiences we've had, especially when we were young. Yes, and the culture. The culture dictates so much of our perspective. Yeah, the culture, the mindset. Our, and, and so it's just interesting. We each look through a different lens. And one of the things that, boy, we could use a little bit more of in our culture, speaking of culture, even throughout the world, is to be able to, how do you say this the right way? Resonate with someone else's opinion without being offended by it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We can have an open dialogue yes. because someone doesn't yeah. agree with our opinion or our perspective. doesn't make right. that person inherently bad. doesn't mean no. that they're a horrible person. It's just that maybe we have a different perspective and that's okay. We can, it almost seems like we've, we've lost the ability to talk through those. Great point, Rob. You're a sharp guy. And that's why I love it because with your military background, I'm sure you get frustrated with people, how, how people love to use you as a prop for a political agenda or a political argument as though you're like some sort of trophy. And you're like, no, wait, my travels around the world and all the friends and people I've made from so many cultures has opened my perspective. It hasn't limited my perspective as one sort of propaganda for a political ideology or not. And my travels around the world playing basketball on every continent, except for Antarctica, I'll get there someday, don't know how. Here's the thing, everyone and their mother, in every culture I played in, everyone and their mother thinks their values are the best values. And so if that is the common recurring theme, then that negates that there is no best value. And yet here we are, unable to see that our culture is very much like the software, our brain, which is our hardware. A culture is a software that we're installed with. So you and I were raised in Rocky Mountain, Intermountain West American cultures and values. So basically, let's say it's like Microsoft Windows. And then we'll go over to Japan, and they have their certain set of values, which is like, uh, I don't know, Linux. And then Italy will be uh, Macintosh or Apple. And then we're sitting there looking at each other, judging each other, saying, why aren't they operating with the same set of values and algorithms that I am? Obviously, they must be operating from an inferior set of values or operating system. And so a lot of it, Rob, is just pot, kettle, black. Having been in speech therapy till I was 15, the ability to communicate is one of the things I'm most grateful for. And yet here I am now as an adult, a, ki a kid who had hearing loss, legally deaf, I'm now paid to help people communicate because I see so many people taking communication for granted and living in a world where people be uh, believe in the story of soulmate and you have to read my mind. And people, when people talk about soulmate, Rob, what I usually hear is someone saying, I don't want to have to communicate because they're supposed to get me and they're supposed to read my mind. And so whether it's in intimate relationships or strangely with different political ideals, we feign shock and outrage that people would somehow process things differently, that somehow we assume everyone's brain should be mechanically wired the exact same way, despite all the many different experiences we would have which develop different synapses in our brain and force our brain to process the world in a very different way. And so while, yes, sometimes, Rob, it's frustrating that, yes, people have different political ideologies, let's sit and talk about it. 
instead of saying you're an idiot, how could you support Trump? Just ask questions. Okay, what is it about Trump that you feel best reflects your values? Or what is it about this party best reflects what you want to see in the world or the world you want your kids to grow up in? And then if you just start asking questions long enough, you get people to let the guard down. And sometimes they'll acknowledge, hey, yeah, I know sometimes I'm doing mental gymnastics by thinking in a black and white way and thinking that this president or that president has all these characteristics that sometimes we project him to have, but he doesn't really have. We want them to have, so we feel like our world is safe and we make sense. Just being able to ask questions, Rob, as you learn with all the work you do, just asking questions goes a long way. And people have forgotten how to do that because I, I think a lot of it, too, is online culture where we've been spoiled to have things set and catered to our exact preferences, that everything needs to look the way we want it to look. And therefore, if people don't fit in that perfect cookie cutter model that I have made, which is my comfort zone, then obviously they're a threat to me, which is not true, as you know. Yeah, it's a great it's a great comment and great points there. And, you know, even if there is a universal truth out there, that doesn't mean mm -hmm. that there's not different ways that we can still live that truth, if you will, or focus on those things. And and I love the way that right. you approached a political discussion. Instead of you're an idiot, <laughs> it's yes. the inviting questions that break down those walls that are Absolutely. up in so many people. Well, let's shift gears here. So you're writing a new book. It's coming out March 10th. It's called The New Alpha Male. So let's talk about that for a few minutes and, and tell us what that's about and, and what the intent um, objective of that is. Uh, I'm really excited about this book. It's my fifth book. My first one published by HarperCollins was a memoir back in 2009 called Long Shot. And I, I wrote those books, memoir, uh, the memoirs, um, more for catharsis, therapeutic means for me to process what was happening with me anyway. Growing up with a hearing loss, my parents encouraged me to read and write as a kid. So I've always written to express myself. And those are more for me and wanted my future kids to know who I was and understand some of my experiences. But, you know, memoirs are, are a tough racket because usually they're consumed by people who want voyeurism. So you see a lot of people with polygamous books writing in memoir styles and women consume them because they want to, you know, to kind of have, again, a voyeuristic approach and what I'm doing now with all the speaking and coaching and training that I'm doing, I kept having people come up and um, say, hey, what book is most like the keynote you just gave? And I'm like, oh, I need to get to work on that. And so this book, The New Alpha Male, How to Win the Game When the Rules Are Changing, is very much the self-development, self-help format, uh, educational teaching format where, yes, I relay stories and experiences, but I make them applicable to everybody, not just men, even if the title alludes to men. And there are application points. There are little uh, forms and things that people can fill out for their own self-assessment. And so it's very much me moving into fully the genre of coaching and the backbone of it is, is my seven principles of perseverance. Um, those principles came as I was transitioning into keynote speaking of how do I take my stories and make them generalizable? So I'm not just out there just being a storyteller, but being a teacher. And the seven principles of perseverance, which are 
first, accountability, and number two, integrity. And I know people roll their eyes like, oh, great, I know these words. But here's the truth, Rob. Integrity was one of Enron's principles. And so what does it actually mean? And so integrity, I say to people, is I ask a question every night when I go to bed, and that's, are you the same person in every room that you walk into? And you've seen it. I've seen it with my coaches that you have lots of people that when the cameras are on, they're Mr. Charming but behind closed doors are Mr. Hyde. And that creates a culture of double standards, of fear. And the quickest way to kill your team is a culture of double standards. That if you have a superior in the Air Force who's changing his personality or playing favorites because whatever, that that erodes trust in your battalion. That erodes trust on the basketball team. And so integrity was number two. I loved all. I always love to talk about integrity because when I go to the corporate settings, the C-suite people think I'm just going to beat up the workforce people and give all the right keywords. But when I start talking about integrity and are you the same person every room that you walk into, you just watch their body language change and they get kind of squeamish and uncomfortable because people think this outdated modality of Cold War authoritarian leadership, where it's my way or the highway. Uh, still relevant, but it's not. And we live in a world where there's more transparency with social media, but also where there are more jobs and employees, especially in the tech sector. And so it's actually more of a free agent world. And so you have these employees that say, hey, if you treat me like garbage, uh, I'm gone. And so you have these C-suite people, the CEOs and coaches in basketball now kind of lamenting, saying, oh, The world's gone soft. I can't verbally abuse people anymore. And then I tell them, you know what's really soft? is the inability to adapt. You can adapt and still be consistent in character. Stubbornness is the inability to adapt. Perseverance is the ability to adapt. I can still be the same person in every room that I walk into, treating everyone exactly the same, whether they have money or don't have money but also being flexible enough to adapt to the adjustments of what's happening in the professional arena like or the basketball court. I can still have a way that I play basketball with principles and foundations that I fundamentals that I developed, but the refs are going to start calling the game differently in the second quarter, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter. And I can whine and complain and say, wait, you need to go back to where he's calling it in the first quarter. Or I can say, okay, You're now calling charges more easily. Okay, I have to adapt. I have to adjust. I have to be. I have to take that in and process it. And so I have the luxury of the sports background of being able to take in all these sports stories and sports metaphors into C-suite levels to really connect the even the most false bravado CEO type who's sitting there with puffed chest and begin to really trigger some synapses in their brain, left and right brain, to get them to see, oh, wait, yeah. And pointing out a great irony that you have all these CEOs that love to buy front row tickets to the sporting events, cheering the athlete for making the great instinctive play and say, oh, yeah, it was a broken play. You took the ball, you went and did something, you went and made a home run, whatever, good job, man. You trusted your instinct, you trusted your gut. But then the next day, they'll go to work and they'll hamstring their employees and say, well, what do the stats say? Failing to learn the lesson of what the athlete is teaching, that yes, stats inform us, but they don't drive us. And that we live in such a stat-driven, hyper-left-brained world that is thinking that we can put everything into nice little stats 
But Rob, you and I know anyone can fudge the stats to support an agenda. And so people get so fear-based and they look at the bottom line of stats, worrying about their jobs. But at the end of the day, we basketball players, yes, we had stats and scouting reports to inform us, but at the end of the day, we have to go play ball. You have to be willing to just live and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and grow from those mistakes. And yet so many companies lose that entrepreneurial edge of being willing to play to win. They're now playing to lose and they're trying to hold on to a status quo. And so being able to take in all these things and lessons, I've made them into the book, The New Alpha Male. And it's for women as well, for women to help men, help them, help women understand the challenges men are facing, especially men who grew up in the Cold War era, the era that said that the most trophies, the most nuclear weapons, the most prizes, whatever, said you were successful. And yet here we are growing up 30 years later, 40 years later, and we're like, wait, I did everything I was supposed to. Why am I not happy? Why don't I feel any different? And this world is eroding away, the world of the Cold War. America is the greatest country in the world, and we're a superpower. That reality is slipping. And instead of adapting, a lot of men are throwing fits and trying to force nature to go backwards. And that's not how nature works. It evolves forward. It's currently changing, always changing. So getting men to be brave enough and vulnerable enough to begin to adapt and adjust through the principles of perseverance, which are accountability, integrity, compassion, discomfort, acceptance, transformation, and then gratitude and forgiveness are the last two, and they're just one of the same. Being able to use our trauma and our experiences and our pain and not using some platitude of like, oh, I forgive people, not for them, but for me. You're still holding on to a story. And we've been conditioned as Americans to really embrace the victim archetype that we're so litigious. Someone did me wrong. I need to have my pound of flesh. They need to be punished. And I'm not saying that accountability, which is the first principle of perseverance, accountability is always first and foremost. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be held accountable, but I am saying we need to evolve as men to let go of the victim archetype and embrace the teacher archetype, which is the opposite of it, but two sides of the same coin. And the teacher archetype is where you, Rob, see a lot of speakers fall short, that people are really good at telling stories, which is usually the victim archetype. But a teacher archetype is saying, here's how I learn from these experiences, and here's how they propel me forward in life, always growing, always expanding, and here's how I'm going to help you bring out that teacher archetype for you to be empowered to take your painful experiences, to learn from them, and to grow more intimate with yourself. And yeah. so that's what the new alpha male how to win the game when the rules are changing. That's very much the issues that I'm tackling, the, the Me Too movement, uh, relationships between men and women, and getting men to really begin to go inward. That's very much what the book is about, using basketball always as a Trojan horse to get into those avenues to get men to be more reflective. Yeah, great background, Lance. And you know, I'm going to share with you a phrase that I just do not like to hear, and, I, and no one says it with ill intent. <laughs> Yeah, But here's a phrase I just can't stand hearing. These are soft skills. <laughs> the reason I hate that phrase, and I hate it's a pretty strong word, is because it almost minimises how powerful how they really are. They are. 
And yes. you say, well, soft skills, you know, I don't want to invest in soft skills. Well, mm-hmm. my lands, if we look at these skills that you just talked about, these principles, yes. these are really the foundations of success or failure. Yes. And I'm just sitting there thinking about my own relationships. And, and I'd ask our listeners to do this. You know, as we're looking back at our own relationships, whether it's with spouse, previous spouse, children, coworkers, as Lance was sitting there talking, thinking about integrity, accountability, how are we applying these to our relationships? Exactly. And, and I'm just, again, thinking about my own relationships, you know, my own wife or my son or daughter. How many times is it easier just to hold a grudge? And mm-hmm. why won't we let go? You know, many times the foundation why we won't let go is that ego. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, she or that he was they, wrong. They, they and, heard and so a story, on. that you had a story, and that story was ruined. Therefore, you're mad. Yeah. And, continue. And so the whole point is, I'm just reinforcing what you're saying, that to live these is not anything soft at all. No. These are the foundations of true leadership and success, because to actually live these takes a high level of emotional intelligence. Absolutely. We've got to let There's, go of our ego. And if we need to apologize, we can apologize. And like you said, mm-hmm. sincerely, you know, throwing away the script, letting go of the story and, and not mm-hmm. having an outcome attached to it. If, if we're sorry, mm-hmm. we forgive with no conditions attached to that. Absolutely. And I just love And that's so. why I knew I liked you, Rob, when I first met you, is that apologizing or compassion, you lose nothing by showing compassion to another human being. Nothing. And yet so many people think, oh, if I... If I, if I even deign to think, why would football players do something so self-sabotaging as taking a knee and threaten their job? Instead, we just shame them, which only perpetuates the problem further. And I'm not saying they have to be rewarded or given financial praise, but you just sit there and say, what is going on that they would risk their entire reputation for this and their entire job? Wow, it must be pretty bad that they would have a lot of fear. Or I can say, wait, I remember the one time I was in Venezuela and I was pulled over as an American and the police officer came and I was really scared. And he took, he asked me, I basically had to bribe him and I was scared. And I thought, well, that happened in a country where I wasn't a citizen. That would really suck if that happened in a country where I was a citizen in my own country. And yet we flip it around and say, oh, they're hating the flag. They're disrespecting our troops. Instead of just saying, okay, I may not like how they're taking a knee, but I can actually, I lose nothing by actually having some compassion and saying, wow, it must really suck that bad for them to take that big of a risk to threaten their careers. And I'm not saying it is the right way or the appropriate way to go, but I'm saying I lose nothing by trying to put myself in their shoes. And so that is compassion. And compassion protects you, is what I tell people. And they're like, wait, what? No, it's a principle of perseverance. As a kid who dealt with a lot of bullying, kids would take my hearing aids and run off with them or make fun of the way I talked. And one day, I just learned to ask a question. It was, what is going on in their home life that is so bad that they would want to come after me to make me feel worthless? And so you learn that people inflict pain because they're in pain. And you realize it has nothing to do with you. And so when you walk about with compassion, it actually creates a buffer around you that you no longer internalize other people's projections and dramas and stories. And therefore, you're no longer reacting or playing to their game. And so yet, yet though, especially in Cold War era, we were conditioned to be tough guys. You always have to push back, eye for an eye, right? Show that you're macho and you're a bravo, uh, bravado. But as you know, 
is anyone can puff their chest. That's not hard to do. But can you actually, as you said, Rob, get your ego, get your own stories aside and actually sit and try to put yourself in someone else's shoes and understand why are they operating this way and what is their internal narrative that would get them to behave such a way? So many people think that's weakness, but it absolutely is not. Oh, it's a huge it level takes, of strength to do that. I mean, it's huge strength. It's hard to do that in my own relationships with my son. You know, he's 18. My script is, or my story is, he should be doing this and this. And when he's not, you know, that takes a huge level of emotional intelligence to it does. rise up and set aside my ego of what I mm-hmm. think should be happening. So I think we can all relate that this is definitely not easy. This is, this is a, it's, it's not the a hardest one. It's a strength. It's the hardest one. And I, I get to use it every day. Uh, having gone through a divorce, accountability and compassion, accountability is my job to keep my side of the street clean of a failed marriage. Owning the baggage and the stories from my polygamous background, that my marriage, the women I had in my life was a reflection of my value as a man. That's a lot of pressure to bring to a relationship. We all do it. But it's my job to check that story and own my part of a failed relationship. And with compassion, understand that when she is flinging back at me, understanding that she's in pain and it's hard. And I love it how you attack soft skills. These are not soft skills. These, these are daily practices that I have to check myself with every day. I will always talk about the principles of perseverance this keynote or these messages, I'll be doing it until the day I die because it's a daily reminder for myself. And so when people say they're soft skills, like, oh, no, they're not. They're very difficult to live. Yeah. Amen. Well, just like that, Lance, we're at 30 minutes. I can't believe that. Great stories, great thoughts. Hmm. And I hope that our listeners will go out and get your book. Uh, this will probably be released just a little bit before March 10th, but I know a lot of people will listen to this later in the year, a couple years from now. And so it'll certainly be available. Do you have a website or place that they can go to get that book, Lance? The website, yeah, you can go to lanceard41.com, but uh, the new Alpha Male will be on Audible. It'll be on Kindle. You can get it on Amazon. It'll be in bookstores distributed by Macmillan Publishers. It'll be everywhere. And so keep your eyes out for it. Uh, shouldn't be too hard to find. Yeah, so the website, Lance Allred, A-L-L-R-E-D, 41.com, right? Yes. Is that correct? And then, Mm -hmm. of course, Amazon and all the other places, the new alpha male. Yes. Well, Lance, thanks so much for being on here. Any parting comments here before we wrap up? Well, I guess I do in that it's just been fun to watch watch you, Rob, because uh, we see enough, quote unquote, speakers or influencers out there who are really good at regurgitating Wayne Dyer or Tony Robbins. But the fact that you have uh, walked your path. And you found a way to take your background in the military and make it applicable. And you do it uh, from a heart-centered way. I just want to tell you, thank you, man. And you don't do it from bravado or tough guy or rah-rah. You do it from a heart-centered way. And the world needs more of that. So thank you. Well, thank you, Lance. And again, thank you to all our listeners. The hope is that these really add value to your lives, to your relationships, to your success in your business and whatever ventures you're involved in. So we appreciate Lance coming on the podcast today. Wish him the best. And we hope that everyone out there listening remembers that one person can make a difference. And we hope you have a fabulous week. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. 
Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, it would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.